are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how the Packers never doubt. Never a doubt, right? The Packers get a 14 to 12 win in a game that really, and I mean really, did not feel this close. It didn't. And we're going to talk about the good, and we're going to talk about the bad. But what this game showed, to me, was the upside for this team. Because offensively, they came out in blazing fashion. They come out, they're, they're up 14-3. to three. They're about to go in to score at the end of the first half. Aaron Jones has the fumble at the goal line. They are at least kicking the field goal. They probably go for it. I would have advocated them going for it. They decide um, based on the situation. So we don't know, like strictly, it's not an analytic play for them. They probably would have gone and I would have supported them going. Luckily, the defense, and this is a big story in this game, the defense comes up with the play that they need to prevent the Bucs from scoring on the comeback. But after that, the offense went stagnant. They had a streak of eight straight possessions where they go three and out. And this has been a theme for them over the last couple of years. When they're rolling and they get derailed, they struggle to get back on track. This team is an awesome front-running team. When things are going good, they can roll that ball downhill like the best of them. It can snowball, and all of a sudden, it's an avalanche. And I think that was what we wanted to see from this team, right? We wanted to see, can they, against an elite defense, put together these drives? They had three drives where they just marched down the field. And if this game is 21-12, it feels a lot different. And, and, you know, maybe the Bucs handle that last drive differently if it's 21-6 to at the end of the game and, and they're not as aggressive and the Packers aren't as passive and all that stuff. But that was the upside of this offense with Romeo Dobbs, who is a revelation. He has eight catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. He was terrific in this game. Randall Cobb made a couple big plays in this game, including the 40-yard catch and run. And if Rodgers on the free play can just get that ball a little bit to the right, a little bit to the right, it might've been the game deciding play. Alan Lazard has the slot fade for 26. That seems like it's going to seal it. He had four catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. This is part of the upside of this offense, but they don't have the consistency yet. And I don't think, frankly, we can expect them to have the consistency yet, especially when you are short the really now the only speed element that you have that the Packers trust, at least, because I think Romeo Dobbs can become a vertical threat, but they're just not doing that with him right now. Christian Watson, they clearly trust to do that. He's been doing it the first two weeks. You hope that this soft tissue injury is not something that is, is lingering. The Packers defensively, they create 
two turnovers, two fumbles. They create pressure on Brady all day. This was a, a Buccaneers team that was under 200 yards for most of the game. They finished with 285, but but a huge chunk of that came on that final possession when the Packers are in prevent. And and this is this is the the brutal part is defensively you got away from what got you to that point. And and you know if you want to go back and and look at the Bears game and they did a similar thing at the end of the game they, they sort of let them come down and and they made the goal line stand, which is great. But they they played passive. They they played prevent essentially, and they didn't do that all game. They did the thing, and and we have to remember this part of it. This is important. They did the thing that fans, a lot of you listening, said they wouldn't. They played a bunch of man coverage. They tuned up Tom Brady. They rushed five. They rushed six. They brought Quay Walker. They brought Devondre Campbell. They they used exotic looks to try and make plays out here. And it worked for most of the game. The one drive early, that was really the only time the Packers were trying to play defense, that they were in their normal defensive looks. And the, the, the Buccaneers moved the ball. That was really the only time. The Packers turned the ball over twice. They're probably not going to continue to do that, but Rodgers is not seeing the middle of the field well right now. He missed Aaron Jones on a crossing route. On that last drive, he missed... Um, uh, he missed Romeo Dobbs on a crossing route and he's just not seeing the middle of the field great right now. And I think part of that is he's so used to having Adams one-on-one on the outside and just saying, I can hit that matchup and I, I, this is great, but that's not available to him right now. And so they need to find ways to push the ball down the field with more effectiveness. But what they were able to do early was run pass options. You get those inbreakers in behind off play action. They, what they weren't able to get was the straight drop game. And the Buccaneers were at times. They'll hit some of those combination routes against a zone coverage. And I thought overall, we're going to talk about David Bakhtiari and Yash Naiman and, and everything with the offensive line in a, little, in a little bit. But this team is incomplete right now. And we knew that would be the case. But this was an important litmus test for this team. And did they pass with flying colors? No, they didn't. They passed. They graduated. They beat the Bucs. And by the way, this is a huge win. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take the shine off what is, you know, eventually after, after the cardiac arrest that they almost induced at the end of the game, this is a huge win. It's huge in the NFC. It's huge as a tiebreak. It's huge for the Packers moving forward. They get the Patriots, who are offensively a mess, coming in to Lambeau Field next week. This was one of those games that we thought early in the season, before the, when the schedule comes out, you go, this is a loss. Part of that is Mike, no Mike Evans, no Chris Godwin, all that stuff. But they did defensively what we, we asked of them. They changed based on game plan. That's a good thing. And they played their butts off until that last drive. If that's all you have to correct defensively against Tom Brady, you're doing pretty well. And let's not forget that on that last play, the do or die play, they made the play. They make Devondre Campbell made the play that they needed to make. And Devondre Campbell played well in this game. 
It's a huge difference for this defense. Adrian Amos played well in this game. It's a huge deal for this defense. And Darnell Savage, I thought, by and large, played well in this game. The, the, the DPI on him was so soft. The officiating in this game was a, a, a Travis mockery. It was atrocious. The, the play, the, the, the holding call on Al Lazard that ultimately is what scuttles that drive because Aaron Jones picks up six yards and now you're, you're backed up. Can't, can't happen. You have the, the special teams play where Tipa Naliai gets thrown into the kicker and, and negates a 30-yard return from Mario Rogers where you're set up in plus territory where you, know, you need five yards to be in field goal range and this game is totally different. Like The Packers outplayed the Buccaneers from the jump until the final two minutes. Now, we've seen them lose these kind of games before. And this is important too. The Packers turned the ball over twice. They allowed three Buccaneers points off those turnovers. Flip side of that is the Packers got two turnovers and scored no points off of them. So offensively, there's there's plenty of upside here. You have to be excited about what you're seeing from Romeo Dobbs. This kid is going to get better. He can be a bigger part of your offense moving forward and can be even more potent working underneath when you have Christian Watson stretching the field vertically. And Randall Cobb, it turns out, can still do some stuff. Good for him. I, I love to see. I love being wrong about this because I said week one, him not being out there is actually good for this, for this team. No, Randall Cobb has been a net positive for this team over the last two weeks. Absolutely no question about it. He's made big plays. He's looked good after the catch. I think it, in a lot of ways, they got a little, they fell a little too in love with the 21 personnel, fell a little too in love with the RPO and could have gone to more straight drop. I think that's going to change as the season moves on. I think they're going to find an offense that works. Matt LaFleur is too smart. Aaron Rodgers is too good. And apparently, Romeo Dobbs is too talented. Like Romeo Dobbs might already be wide receiver one on this team. They came out of halftime and ran two straight plays designed for Romeo Dobbs. Not Al Lazard, not Randall Cobb, not Juwan Winfrey, Romeo Dobbs. It is clear that at least with Christian Watson out, Romeo Dobbs is the most dynamic receiver on this Packers team. Al Lazard, you know, is, is incredibly impactful. He has the slot fade for the big play. His blocking was huge in this game. Romeo Dobbs has a chance to be a star, and they think the absolute world of Romeo Dobbs. But guess what? Christian Watson in the first two weeks was getting snaps over him and they were getting about the same number of snaps and he was the deep threat Christian Watson was. So think about what this can all look like when everyone comes together. We saw the potential in this offense. We wanted to see it. Can you just show us the flashes because over the course of the year, it's going to get better. And then defensively, can you just shut down a bad offense? even though it's Tom Brady. And I think that's that's the part where you, you point to it and you go, okay, the skill players aren't good. The offensive line is banged up, but Tom Brady is still the damn quarterback. So how do you play against him? And the answer is really, really well. They did not get gashed in the run game, despite the fact that I think a lot of people expected Leonard Fournette was going to do that. One rushing first down for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One. The Bucs ran for 34 yards in this game 34 2.4 yards per carry now the Packers you know not not measurably better on a per rush basis 67 yards rushing on 25 attempts they ran more plays they had the ball more they dominated this football game they dominated this football game 
This game should have been over at the end of the first half. It was, it was going to be 21. And then they had opportunities in the second half as well. Not great ones, but some. The offense is going to get better, but they showed us what we needed to see. The defense, I think, can be even better. We're going to talk about Jair in a little bit. But the defense, you have to like what you see out of the defense as long as they can avoid these prevent situations. That way, it was just too much. That, that is unacceptable from a team. All, all game, you thrive playing aggressively. Thrive. And then you get in that, in that position. It just, it's, I don't want to say it's unthinkable because it's not unthinkable. Clearly it's, it's thinkable. A lot of teams do this. It just can't be when you know that their only receivers are Russell Gage and, and they threw to Leonard Fournette a bunch because you're clearing outsides, you're playing 12 yards deep and you just let them walk right down the field. You hope this is a lesson in the same way that last week was and, and you like to correct things in a win. That's the beauty of getting this win. And so the Packers get the win. They can make these corrections. And now you hope they can get healthy. They can get some cohesion going. And they can bank some wins in what is a crowded NFC because there's not really that many great teams. It looks like Philly is the best team in the league right now. They look like the most complete team. So how do you get better than them? You play defense like you did today outside the last drive, much like the Bears game, and you play offense like you did in the first half. If you can play a full half of offense like that, where you execute like that, they can be the best team in the league. They really can. They can be the best team in the league with the, with the currently constructed roster. All right, we're going to talk about injuries, guys coming out and guys coming in in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a great resource for all of us. You don't have to be struggling. You don't have to feel like you have issues that are are just catastrophic. To want to have a little help, to stay on track, to talk about your goals. There are, there are times when you might just be stuck focusing on problems rather than solutions. I I try to be solutions oriented but sometimes I can't be. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals. And BetterHelp can get you there. Just talking to someone, just, just talking things through can sometimes be the best way to get you out of whatever you're in or to just keep you on track, keep you moving in the right direction, just to smooth out the water on your ship. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, and affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on it to get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash locked on. David Bakhtiari back. David Bakhtiari back. And it was one of those weird things where we found out at game time and we're like, okay, cool. And then Tom Rinaldi is going, well, they might rotate. And you're like, what? I can't, I can't remember the last time I heard a starting player on a snap count. 
except the last time David Bakhtiari was on the field. But that sort of made sense because you knew you're only going to play a half. And it's just sort of like, all right, you can ease him in in this way. It felt like the only reason the Packers were playing their starters against Detroit was to get David Bakhtiari some work. And he had to come out of that game. We know how that finished. In this game, David Bakhtiari played well based on based on first watch. And Yash Nyman did not play as well. And so now you have to figure out, okay, is this your best five? Does, does someone like Zach Tom deserve a chance to compete with Royce Newman? You guys know how I feel about that. The answer is absolutely yes. They do. They, they need to give Zach Tom some opportunities because their best five is David Bakhtiari, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, Zach Tom, and Elton Jenkins. Elton Jenkins wasn't perfect in this game by any means. John Runyon Jr. wasn't perfect in this game by any means. Josh Myers wasn't perfect. They did not execute perfectly. But they, they kept the Packers in it. It was not pressure in the same way that the NFC Championship game and, and that 2020 regular season game where all of a sudden pressure just scuttled the whole enterprise. It wasn't that. Part of this was play calling. Part of this was a lack of aggressiveness by the Packers. Part of this was um, just some of it was some like penalties and and shenanigans by 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 Matt LaFleur and the play calling was not great. I thought Rodgers made some poor reads. I thought Rodgers made some poor throws, some bad decisions. I think by and large, the offensive line performed about how we expected. We should expect David Bakhtiari to get back. To everyone who said we'd never see David Bakhtiari again, hi, hi, we heard you. We heard you. He's going to be back. Now, for how long? We don't know. We don't know. And that's okay because he's back now. For how long? We will see. We will see. He played well enough to make you go, okay, this, this offensive line, when it's right, Rodgers had time. He had time to get to secondary reads. Most teams can't cover like Tampa Bay can cover. You look at the other elite teams in the NFC. By the way, are there any of those? You know, I think I think Philadelphia presents a similar kind of challenge. They don't have the safeties that I think uh, the, the the Eagles do, or no, that, that the Buccaneers do. I don't think they have the high end pass rush on the edges that that the Buccaneers do. But was Shaq Barrett out there? I mean, the Packers did a pretty good job in general of keeping Aaron Rodgers clean. On the other side of the ball, Jair Alexander goes out. This is not a case of coming in. This is going out. Jair Alexander goes out on the first possession, which was, by the way, the Pack- one of the Packers' worst defensive possessions of the game. It wasn't Jair's fault, but that's just what it is. He goes out, and Keyshawn Nixon comes in and plays phenomenal football on defense and then on special teams. Crushes it on special teams. Has the punt down inside the one. Keyshawn Nixon looks like he can be an actual asset. He's not Jared Bush. We undersold it. We hadn't we hadn't really seen him play in, in Green Bay. So it's hard to, to you know get a good feel for what he's going to be or what he can do. He looks like he can be better than Jared Bush, which is what we sort of thought he was. Special teams ace who, if he's ever playing in coverage, you're in trouble. Uh-uh. He looked athletic out there. He plays tough. He plays physical. He tackles. The tackling was so much better in this game. It was so much better in this game. This defense just looks different 
when guys like Amos and Campbell and Savage are playing like we've seen them play. No one is asking them to be anything other than what they've been. And they, they haven't been that through two weeks. They were in this game. Can you shut down a bad offense? The answer is yes with Tom Brady. And that's without Jair Alexander. They got pressure because Rashawn Gary is winning one-on-one matchups because Kenny Clark is winning one-on-one matchups and pushing the pocket. Jaron Reed is winning one-on-one matchups. And, and I have to, I mean, I, I said the officiating was terrible. There were like four or five pretty obvious holding calls that went uncalled. I don't like to be complained about the referees guy because I know every team that loses to the Packers go, they get every call. But there were some obvious ones, especially on the edge, but like the one where Jaron Reed actually got the sack. He got held by two guys and still made the play. This pass rush has been, I think, better than advertised. I don't think we could have we could have anticipated it being this good. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith. I know Preston Smith didn't make the same sort of splash plays he made the first couple of weeks, but he was out there setting edges, making, making rally plays, pushing the pocket. They pushed the pocket from the interior. Kenny Clark, once again, is a monster as an interior pass rusher. This is going to be a story all season. He's on pace to be putting himself in position to be that sort of like second team, all pro kind of interior defender. That's the kind of season that he's having. And I think that is, by the way, also a credit to Joe Barry for whatever we want to say about what happened on that last drive. They found a way to make this all work against Tom freaking Brady with Keyshawn Nixon having to play the nickel and Shamarjean Charles having to play the dime. Russell Douglas, he gets back out to, to boundary corner where he hadn't practiced all year in training camp. Eric Stokes becomes your sort of de facto number one, which he did all of last year. But it's different. The communication is different. You're talking to different guys. So to shuttle these guys in and out and still find that kind of success, that is a credit to this team, that is a credit to the coaching staff, and it is absolutely 100% a credit to these players. They got a hard-fought, ugly, ugly win, and you have to win ugly. You have to. It's not always going to be 35 to, to 13. You have to be able to win ugly, even, even when you are at less than 100%, even without a superstar like Jair Alexander. And the Packers did it. They did it. Now, yes, were they playing against Russell Gage and Brett Perriman and all these guys? Rashad Perriman, Brett Perriman, throwback, Lions receiver. Rashad Perriman and, and you know, Jalen Darden makes a play. Cam Brait makes a play. They get paid too. That's a really good coaching staff. Byron Leftwich is a good coach and Tom Brady is one of the best to ever do it. But they found a way to ham and egg it without their best defensive player. So I, I, I understand coming out of this game, if you are feeling like, oh, man, I, I wish it didn't have to be that close. And I wish they hadn't played prevent defense on the last drive. And I wish Aaron Jones hadn't fumbled. And I wish Aaron Rodgers had pulled the trigger on a couple of these throws. And I wish, yes, they won. And the win counts. And 
it is one of those wins that I think you you coalesce around. And you say, okay, they they proved for a half what they look like offensively. They proved for a game who they can be defensively. And I think they gave us a glimpse, a glimpse. This is not, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones. We're not out there. By the way, we don't know who's going to be out there in the playoffs. The Packers, you know, they played a playoff game last year without their two offensive tackles. The two most important players on that offensive line. Two of the most important players on the offense. We don't know who's going to be out there. You have to prove you can win these games banged up. You have to prove you can, because this is a game of attrition. You have to prove you can do it. So go on the road, beat a banged up team that's still expected to win, that was still favored to win. In fact, there was more money on Tampa than on Green Bay, at least by the numbers that I saw. And so this is a huge win for this team as they try and move forward. So where do you go from here? I, I think they need to they need to turn the 21 package into a greatest hits. Here are the plays that really work. And here's some that, that don't work as well. And you just can't fall in love with it. I think the Buccaneers showed in the second half of this game that you, you could probably play a little more traditionally than you have so far. Just because teams are going to bust coverages and this offensive line is going to get better. David Bakhtiari is probably going to play a full game next week. So then you have one of the best left tackles in football, if not the best left tackle in football for a whole game. You have Elton Jenkins, who's healthy now for a whole game. You have now a week of practice to say, Romeo Dobbs, go cook. Let's go, young buck. Let's go do this. And you ha- maybe you get Christian Watson back, and now he can, he can stretch vertically to give you more room underneath. That is the big thing that we need to see changed. They have to be able to push the ball vertically. Transition goes, bang eights. It's got the the Patriots were able to do it. The Patriots. I've been doing this for, for three years. The Buccaneers were able to do it. I just, Tom Brady is a Patriot to me. So you have to be able to push the ball vertically down the field more effectively. You have to find ways to do it. I said all week, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, you have to be, you have to be throwing 50 transition goes in practice a game. You have to be able to just throw them. If they're open or not, just throw them. Make the defense feel you, threaten you, feel, feel worried. Matt LaFleur can't be afraid to call shot plays with this offensive line. And Aaron Rodgers can't be afraid to throw them. Give your receivers a chance. Give your receivers a chance to go win. And you give yourself a chance to win as many of these football games as you want. Packers are 2-1. and one which is sort of where we thought they'd be after three games. We thought they'd probably go into Minnesota and win and lose in Tampa. They flipped it, okay? The defense, last two weeks, as advertised and outside of of three or four plays in the Vikings game, really all season has been as advertised. You hope, Jair Alexander, this is just a groin tweak. He'll be back in a week or two. And and move forward in the heat, the muscles, when you're dehydrated, the pliability of your muscles is not ideal. Um, And so that's why you cramp all that stuff. So. This is great. They got the win. You beat Tom Brady. 
It could have been better. You dominated really this game. And so make the corrections, move on, and get to next week and, and build on what this was, build on what this can be. And you can, I know, I know week one was frustrating. I know week one was frustrating. That's clearly not who this team is. I think they're, they're mentally tougher than we give them credit for. At the same time, they were rolling and then got unrolled and couldn't do anything. They have to figure that part of it out. And it's been something they've been struggling with for a couple of years. So you get a win in which there's, there's clear stuff that you can fix, get a little bit healthier, get a little bit more continuity with this offensive line. This team can still get to where they want to go. Absolutely no question about it. All right, Expert Tuesday coming up tomorrow. We've got Lily Zhao on Wednesday, crossover Thursday, and a new opponent coming up next week at Lambeau Field. Here we go. We get to do this all over again in just a couple of days. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Thanks to everyone who watched on the YouTube live stream. This is up. We've got 460 people live doing this with us on YouTube. Come hang out with us after every game. We are here on YouTube. Shout out to everyone on YouTube. Brandon Walker, Casey DeBosch, Dust Wolf, um, Jeremy, Oscar Melendez, Vex. Um, there, there's a, a bunch of people in here. I'm just reading off people names, names from commenters. Adam K, Jake, uh, Joseph Lopez. Shout out to all of you guys. Uh, Joshua Zegers, uh, thank you all for, for being a part of this live stream. I think this is a great opportunity to come and, and enjoy this all together, win or lose. Come and, and be a part of Packers Nation. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up in the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.